Saturday is asking Kira. It's a beautiful day to be alive. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day to be alive. I've just spent 45 minutes trying to make this stream work. And uh, so hopefully it works. And if it doesn't work, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, brothers and sisters? You know, we all got to hang out today. You guys who were here early, you've been hanging out in a chat room. A chat room. It's like a online virtual space where you'll get to like hang out together and you're all in different parts of the world you're all over the world hanging out in cyberspace wow living in that virtual reality future how about that what's cracking how is everybody who's still here who hung around let me know who you are let me know where you are stream states is bad stream states is bad <laughs> shit what are you gonna do man what are you gonna do at least we're here okay and um yeah, it's Saturday. It's been a crazy, crazy, crazy week. A crazy, crazy week. I spent most of the week walking around with like tears at the back of my eyes. You ever get that? You ever get that? You ever get that? Like seemingly you don't know why, but like just tears at the back of your eyes at all the time. Just, just walking around. Everything. It was amazing. It was amazing. I spent so much of this week utilizing the help of my uh, many shoulder angels that I've told you about before that I summon for various tasks. Because it's been real, I don't know why, it's been a really hard week. Sometimes you just have hard weeks, right? Sometimes you just have hard weeks. And those are the weeks that test. They test what, what, what's real. Uh, Hunter S. Thompson has this thing, you're a whole different person when you're scared, right? Uh, he did a song with Warren Zevon based around that concept. The idea being that, you know, when he was going to choose a friend, he would test that friend to see what that friend was like under pressure, see how they could deal with pressure. You know, so he would do crazy things like he was becoming friends with uh, Jack Nicholson. Right. So he wanted to test Jack Nicholson. So he uh, <laughs> he like staged an elaborate uh, raid slash burglary slash shooting event at Jack Nicholson's house and had like firecrackers thrown through his door and had, had like gunshots ring off outside the house and shit to see what Jack Nicholson would do. And Jack Nicholson hid behind a sofa or some shit. So I don't know if they, I don't know if they were able to be friends because of that. But uh, yeah, life is like that, man. And like, you know, you'd be seeing a lot of people out here on, uh, on the internet, like giving advice and shit and like telling people what to do and fucking rewording shit that they've read in uh, Marcus Aurelius tracks and, but like you are, you you pay attention to how these motherfuckers behave on a daily basis, right? And there, there is the truth. There is the truth, brothers and sisters. And anyway, I've been being tested all week, tested all week, tested right now. I mean, fast forty-five minutes, tested, sat here with no um, the stream not working, and uh, I've been uh, <laughs> I've been practicing so hard this week, uh, not letting things affect me and 
stopping things from uh, from you know causing me to react emotionally or whatever it is I didn't even get angry I didn't even get upset I was like alright well it's not working let's try this thing no it's still not working okay let's try this thing oh it's still not working now a week ago I had pretty much the same thing happen and I, I, I had no control over my emotion whatsoever and I punched all these boxes that we've got up here in, uh, in the study up here in Don Heights and uh, yeah holes in boxes and I scared my son bless him he was scared because I was all angry brr, raging about a stream imagine raging about a live stream it's ridiculous ridiculous but uh, yes yeah crazy crazy week much much testing tears behind my eyes tears behind my eyes and uh, I've been trying to work out why I've been trying to work out why and um, I think it might be something to do with the projects I'm working on and the projects I'm working on putting part of myself back in a space I was in when I was first dealing with the information and materials in that project because it turns out the first time I was dealing with the information contained within this project was exactly two years ago exactly two years ago and I was in a very different place exactly two years ago I was in a very very different place two years ago things were a lot more bleak and precarious I don't know if bleak is the right word I've never felt bleak but things were certainly precarious anyway we'll get into that in a minute we should do introductions and things of that nature what's going on where is everybody where is everybody that's what we need to know we need to know where where you're at because we have got customs customs are important in a society customs hold the society together that's what customs do so we have customs around here with Ask Akira and that first custom is of course the international high five so in order to enact the, the international high five I need to know where everybody is so let me know where you are uh, also if you're here and uh, the stream seems to be working do me a favor, tweet it out. I'll see if I can retweet that. And, um, you know, if your mom was here earlier and she left because she was tired of waiting, tell her that we're here now. Tell her, tell your mom, because, you know, I'd love to see your mom, obviously, because, you know, I love your mom. She's great. Shout out to your mom. All right, boom, boom. What's cracking? What's cracking? Shout out to third place. Uh... Shouts out to Blue Wave, shouts out to Odin Tech, shouts out to Devon, shouts out to Shadow Style, shouts out to the enigmatic F417H, who leaves an interesting little sort of a glyph combination on like every video. And I appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Everyone who leaves a comment, appreciate you. Everyone who leaves a message, appreciate you. Everyone who sends me weird emoji combinations, appreciate you. Everyone who sends me videos and Instagram live of them listening to music in strange situations, appreciate you. You know, I'm just awash with appreciation. Awash. Awash. Aaron Bell says, what video were you showing now? Oh yeah, when we started the stream, I had, um, I had a video of Norm MacDonald on uh, Conan O'Brien on. Because uh, I would like to dedicate this stream to uh, Not Norm, I'm Not Norm, which is a YouTube channel. It doesn't just upload Norm MacDonald stuff. It does it in a very clever, themed way. And it reacts to, like, contemporary events. So if something happens that's in the news, they will find a bunch of clips of Norm MacDonald from the archives of the past 30 years and uh, put them together as a little package. 
So it's like, you know, this week, Dave Chappelle, people have been talking about Dave Chappelle. So there's a bunch of, there's a Norm MacDonald sort of clip compilation of Norm MacDonald talking about Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle talking about Norm MacDonald, and then Norm MacDonald and Dave Chappelle doing similar bits. It really is a fantastic resource, fantastic YouTube channel. It's one of those things that really reminds me why it's such a pleasure and a privilege to live at this point in human history, because, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, that sort of thing didn't exist. And uh, if you happen to like Norm Macdonald, you would have to watch terrestrial television for, a, you know, a long many months and in the hope that he turned up for 10 minutes or something like that, you know? Anyway, so yeah. Uh, Joran is in the Netherlands. Aaron Bell is in Michigan. King Malvo is in McAllen, Texas. LX is in PDX. Uh, Diverting Tales is in the Lobster Ocean. That's very nice. Uh, Joel G is in New Zealand. That's very, very nice. And uh, Jamie Glass is in Northern Ireland, and Shadow Sal is in Kenya. You know what a what a wonderful what a wonderful world, and uh, yeah, what a wonderful world. So international high five time, and uh, like we always do at this time, like we always do at this time, we aim for the elbow. Aiming for the elbow. Oh, we've suddenly had a flood of like a hundred more messages all at once. Computer is just just really not having it today. What are you going to do? Um, yes, Radu is in is in Seattle. Very nice. Bernardo is in Germany. Carden is in Georgia. Ben is on Ontario. Uh, Cape Town. Aubrey's in Cape Town. Holy shit! Yeah, look at this. This is indeed an international broadcast, which requires an international high five. So. Uh, cock back your guns, aim for the elbow, and high-five the device on which you are listening to or watching this broadcast. Three, two, one. Oh, splash. Splash, we in here. We in here. See, now, now, that, now that's done, I feel a lot more, a lot more able, a lot more able. <laughs> already that thing by the way that (laughs) if you listen to this on the podcast you're probably quite confused if you're watching this you're probably quite confused but yeah banging your chest uh, that's like a really good thing to do it kind of gets everything moving gets the energy going gets gets your power it kind of concentrates your power you know so before you do a broadcast you should probably do that before uh, you have you know an important meeting say you're uh, about to propose to your fiance and uh, you're speaking to the fiance's father to get permission, you know? Uh, do that first. Probably not while they're in the room. Probably do it before you go into the room with them. Otherwise, they'll be confused. Even though everyone should be doing this and if you see someone doing it, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's a good thing to do. The good, the old bang in the chest maneuver. Yeah, that works very well. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Apparently we've got like really bad lag and it doesn't like high fives, what you're going to do. I'm assuming the audio is working, so if it's just really bad lag, don't look at the screen maybe, or just, I don't know, I don't know. But uh, yes, yes, shout out to, shout out to I'm Not Norm, shout out to everybody locked in, shout out to Aaron Bell who says, you know what else gets your energy moving? Meaning wave. And uh, you're so right, Aaron Bell, you're so correct, and you're so wise, and I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so glad you're here, as are we all. So let's answer some questions that were submitted in advance. Uh, The computer is just really not having it. 
So, uh, okay, DM, main prize, says, how many hours a week do you spend working in the studio? Well, it depends what's going on. If I'm in album mode, it's quite a lot. And actually, I'm always in album mode. <laughs> These days, I am just always in album mode. Uh, yeah, always in album mode. I went straight from the Gary V album into the Peterson, the next Peterson album, straight from it. Straight from it. And uh, that's what I've been working on. If you've been watching my stories on Instagram, you'll be seeing behind the scenes stuff. And you'll have been seeing that I'm in the studio very late. I'm there all the fucking, <laughs> all the time. All the time. So all this week, uh, I'd wake up. I'd have, have a contrast shower. That's when you turn it hot, then you turn it cold. Uh, you know, five minutes with the family. Uh, straight to the studio. And then stay in the studio till two, three in the morning. And that's what I've been doing all week. So yeah, I'm basically like all the time I'm not asleep or traveling pretty much this week has been in the studio and actually it was the case last week as well and now I think about it it was the case for weeks prior to that also and actually all year it's basically been that at least three weeks out of every four at least because we've just been working really hard this year man you know this is an important time this is an important time you know we've created meaning wave and then it's like well damn better better you know better go all in better go all in on this thing that is evidently working and is evidently useful and is evidently, you know, um, evidently uh, valuable, causing, creating value in the lives of people, you know, so I've been working as hard as I possibly can. And, uh, you know, sometimes that can be uh, dispiriting because you work so, so hard and then, and then, uh, you know, you get holdups with the album not being able to come out when it was supposed to for various reasons or like uh, despite it being finished or you know you work really really hard and then YouTube only shows your stuff to you know a couple hundred people despite you know maybe 50,000 people being subscribed to your channel all these sorts of things will, will happen but but the important thing is, is to keep going and uh, you know and uh, just yeah just to listen to your Jocko Angel because your Jocko Angel says don't get bummed out Focus on the good. Do, 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 do. And just keep moving, man. Like a fucking shark. And, uh, you know, this week I had some really, really difficult days. Very, very difficult days. I, w I would be very, very tired and, and uh, you know, missing. My, it's, when you don't spend enough time with your loved ones, it can cause problems. And, um, you know, that's a difficult thing to navigate and balance. And we're all working together, you know, Charlotte and Hercules and I, we've, we've you know, we're, we're, we made an agreement that we were going to go hard and we we're going to sacrifice in order to, you know, make this thing happen and make it work and create, create the, create the music that you guys need and want and deserve. Uh, but yeah, it's hard sometimes, man. So, you know, you're in the studio and like, like you're all tired and depleted and, and uh, you're really trying to make the thing work and it's very difficult and part of part of being in the zone and i've been talking about this and i've been doing this experiment and being in the zone and being hyper productive uh for a long time now and part of that requires that you have to be out to be in the zone you have to be outside of your comfort zone otherwise you're not in the zone it doesn't work so you have to be like on the edge of your abilities and you have to be out there beyond in fact the edge of your abilities uh, and that's 
you know, that means it's difficult. That means it's difficult. So you're, and I'm constantly, so for every project, I introduce new techniques or processes or things that, you know, are going to create difficulty, but also going to create opportunity to learn and improve and make it better. You know, so I'm doing that and this project's got some very difficult stuff in it. And I, I was pushing for like 12 hours before it got good. So it was just 12 hours of hell. <laughs> 12 hours of hell. And then it suddenly got good. Kind of good. I actually had to go home one night this week and, and it wasn't good. I mean, normally I'll get it, finally get it good every day. I had one thing, it took two days. And then it was wonderful. I broke through and it was wonderful. It was like... Uh, walking through the desert for a month and then finding a steak and a bottle of Fiji. Like, you know, oh my Lord. And uh, I was rewarded. <laughs> Synchronicities are signposts. They tell you this. So you've got to keep aware, you know. And I'd be struggling. And then there'd be some little synchronicities. And, you know, so it's like, okay, I'm on the right path then. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Just got to keep fucking going. David Goggins is there on one side of my head. On the other side is greatness. And uh, Jocko is there on the other. Focus on the good. Get after it. Don't get, don't get bummed out. All that shit. And uh, some, some quite, quite mad coincidences. There was one yesterday. It was a difficult point. And Jordan Peterson's talking about time and space. And he's on a little loop. And just at the, and uh, I'm trying to find like a sort of sample in my sample library of a female voice that's, that it was like an atmosphere sound. I wanted some atmosphere and I was looking for that. And it, like, you know, and, uh, and the second Peterson says time and space, a sample appears in my sample library right in front of me called space time. Just, just, I was like, oh shit. Just a little magical little high from God, you know, which is, which is me. So I was talking to myself and saying, it's okay, you're on the right path. And then I got the song done and it was like, hallelujah, it became glorious. And then a thing was given to me by the zone gods, a piece of the sample that I was using, a piece of Jordan Peterson talking to his, his college students, a girl laughed in response to a thing he said. And the laugh was not only perfectly in tune with the record I'd made. It was not only perfectly in time. It created a whole new little section of melody, which when stuck in the chorus, made the whole song about 63% better. I was like, wow. And I hadn't noticed it before. I hadn't heard it before. Some, and it just appeared right at the end. I was like, damn. Thank you, Zone Gods. So, so yeah, we got there and, and, uh, and it was wonderful. But yeah, so, so much testing. So much testing this week. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Um, Aaron Bell. Why is it every time I look at the chat today, I'll see Aaron Bell first. Very interesting, Aaron Bell. Says, wait, you work at a studio that's outside of your place. Yeah, I got a studio in downtown Los Angeles. A custom-built recording studio. It's my own little slice of, of the universe. My own little place. And all my stuff is there. It, we built it. Captain Jack and I, and we hollowed out the walls and then filled them with materials to soundproof it. And it's got a vocal booth, it's like a tank. It's a golden tank that we built. And, and I go there every day and shut the door and then I'm in a place that is made for making music. 
and uh yeah it's a wonderful thing i wish i'd had it if i you know if i was talking to my younger self i would say get a studio earlier for years and years i had a studio in the house thinking that was the best way um having a studio outside of the house or having a place to go outside of the house to do your work helps with focusing laser focusing in and just being in that zone and in that place and uh you know it's great i go there i shut the door i've and i'm immediately thankful and grateful every day and i've been going there for like three years now or something and every day i go there and i'm just washed with gratitude for that my life has got to the point where that where i have a studio i mean it's amazing you know uh at one point i didn't have uh, the proverbial pot to uh you know keep marbles in and uh now here we are studio in downtown los angeles wonderful wonderful thing uh, Blue Waves says, "Do you did you watch the recent interview with Alex Jones and Count Dankula, where the Count revealed his love of traps? How do you feel about this? And have you ever been a cultured man? Um, no, I didn't see that. I watched a interview with Count Dankula and Alex Jones. It came up on my YouTube, and I was like, oh, thank you, Algorithm. Pretty sure, well, at least one of these guys is completely banned. And it was fucking wonderful. It was hilarious. Now, it was Dankula as a guest as Alex Jones's guest on Alex Jones's show, so maybe this is when they did it the other way around. But it was so funny. It was so good. They're such. It was. It was such good entertainment. I was like, holy shit! Like, it's a real shame that uh, ideological possession has overtaken uh, the entertainment industry. Because if you were to put that on a regular TV, it would be huge. It would be huge because it was so good. It was so funny. Um, anyway, yeah. As far as uh, Dankula's love of traps, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, he got married. Isn't he a wholesome Scot Scotsman now? He got married to a nice Scottish lady and, and uh, she's agreed to cook him his dinner for the rest of his life. <laughs> he found someone to lie on top of forever. He found a lady that would let him lie on top of her forever. And that's a wonderful thing. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Reggie says, do you use affirmations? Yeah, we spoke about this last week. Yeah, affirmations are a way of uh, hacking the unconscious is what they are. So it's just a way uh, of hacking system one, which is the unconscious. System two is the conscious. So system one is stuff that you do unconsciously kind of, or like you're not thinking about it. So it's like, you know, habits kind of enter that area. So if you're gonna work the same route every day, you get a habit of going to work. And so you just do it. You don't even think about it. You'd be like, wait, what the fuck? Didn't I just get out of bed? I'm already here. And you've done it, right? You've done it. But while that was going on, like your unconscious was doing loads of stuff. So affirmations are a way of programming the unconscious or subconscious, whatever the fuck, uh, to, do, to get the results that you want. You know, it's like chaos magic. Which, uh, so... Uh, in chaos magic, if you you know you want, if you've lost your car keys, you can uh, make a sigil to help you find your car keys. All right, so you'd write down where I might find my car keys on a piece of paper. Then you'd remove all the repeating letters and the A's and the E's and all that shit, and you'd mash what remains together. And you'd make a glyph, and you'd work on it until it looked like a cool symbol. Then you would like meditate on it, right? So you could either like just really meditate, stare at it, or you could like stick it on your lover's forehead while you're getting after it or some shit like that set it on fire something and the whole purpose of that the magical ceremony is just to burn that particular 
desire, wish, whatever into your subconscious. And then it can go to work manifesting and, and making it happen. And just so like, you know, you're just doing stuff that will orient you in the direction of that goal without even unconsciously, subconsciously while you're asleep, while you're doing other stuff, while you're engaged in your habit loops. And uh, affirmations, it's the same thing as a sigil. It's just a way of drilling something into your subconscious so it's you're more likely to make it happen. So yeah, I, I have a couple of affirmations and uh, yeah, they're working out. They're working out pretty good. And uh, yeah, I use it quite often. It's a good way of like getting through stressful situations. You know, you just tell yourself that it's all right, you know, things are okay, or it's gonna be okay, or you're in control, or you could, whatever it is, you know. Uh, it's just programming yourself, man. You know, and you've got to program yourself because if you don't program yourself, someone else will program you, you know? Humans are very easily programmable creatures, machine creatures, whatever they are. And so you, you want to be programming yourself as much as possible because if you're not programming yourself, someone else will be programming you, all right? So you want to be running your own program as much as possible, I would say. So yeah, um, back to the questions. Hey, my guy, two more Vs. Do you ever have problems finishing a song? Are you just not knowing when to stop or feeling unable to judge what's the right way to arrange everything? If so, how did you overcome those obstacles? Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with that at all because I've been practicing not having a problem with that for a, a fucking long time, long time. And uh, it was one of the first skills I taught myself. And the way I learned it was I was in a band. I was in a rap group and we were uh, we rehearse like all the time. We were always rehearsing in uh, my bed, you know, in my in my apartment, in the basement, around one of my homies' places. Like we were in recording studio, rehearsal studios. We'd always be rehearsing, always, always rehearsing. It was super fun, man. You're in a rap group. You're all rapping at each other. You're all freestyling. You're all jumping up and down, like kind of creative ways to, you know, lie on top of each other's mothers, and. Uh, but we'd have stayed in that goddamn basement forever if I hadn't booked as a gig because they're all, the other guys were like, oh yeah, we're not ready yet, we need more songs, this, that and the other. So I just booked as a gig. I was like, right, we've got a gig next Tuesday. We've got a gig next Tuesday. And oh, by the way, uh, these, I also wrote to like some music magazines and stuff and they're coming because I told them that like other, that Aphex Twin was gonna be there or some shit like that. Like made up something. Like uh, music journalists are really easy to trick. They're like, pretty much the easiest people to trick in the world. Like you could literally just send a press release to a music journalist with something completely fictional and, and obviously moronic in it. And they would just believe that and state it as fact. And I, 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 you know, I'm saying this because I used to be a music journalist and I watched these people and how they operated and how PRs got them to do things. They just, they just do what, what, as long as it's in line with stuff that they already kind of think or like, so long as it's in line with their ideological bent or whatever, yeah, world's your oyster. Just make up something crazy and they'll be like, yep, they'll run with that. And then that becomes true. That's how Marilyn Manson became the god of fuck. He just decided one day to call himself the god of fuck. And so they all said, they just started writing down, Marilyn, the god of fuck, Manson. And he just became the god of fuck. And everyone's like, oh, hey, it's, it's the god of fuck over there. Look at him. What up? What up? God of that guy. That was amazing. Anyway, um, so I booked as a gig. <laughs> and we had to go do the gig and it was great it was fantastic i was i was i wore a spider-man outfit well, i had like spider-man top and some big baggy wu-tang jeans and i was sick through my mask because i drank loads of tequila because i was nervous it was wonderful when uh we were we were 
we were finishing the fourth song and I still thought we were in the third song. So I was very surprised when it was over. But it was a wonderful time. And, uh, you know, some people in the audience really enjoyed it. And one of the journalists uh, believed what I'd said about us being like uh, the, the punk rock, the new punk rock uh, version of rap that was the future. And they were like, oh, yeah, that, that guy said in that thing that we read that this band was that. So, yes, they must be. And he basically wrote that down in a magazine. And it became true. It became true. Anyway, my point being, self-imposed deadlines, my friend. Just put in a deadline. So you go, okay, this song needs to be finished at four o'clock and I've got three hours to finish it. So you do. Just do. And that's that. Boom. Then you move on to the next one. What's going to happen is that song is not going to be as good as you want. Because in your head, you want that song to be as good as any as the best song that's ever been made. In fact, better. And, uh, you know, the problem is, is you could keep working on the thing and you would be improving your skills and your ear would be improving and every, and all, but also your consciousness would be changing. So four o'clock on Tuesday, this is amazing. It's perfect, it's finished. Then you go back the next day, your consciousness is a little bit different and you're slightly elevated and, and it's just like the world is a bit different and the sky's a different color. Oh, you need to change that thing. Oh, you need to change that. You could literally be stuck there doing that forever and ever and ever. That's what happens to Dr. Dre when he was making Detox, right? Uh, that Detox album that never came out he was fucking second guessing himself and perfectionist in that fucking thing for 15 years and guess what happened never even fucking came out he missed the boat and uh, the album he did put out was trash and nobody gives a fuck about it to this day right whereas if he'd put out the imperfect version of Detox in fucking 2006 or whatever people would have fucking enjoyed it it would have had some great stuff on it maybe it wouldn't have been perfect in fact guess what definitely wouldn't have been perfect doesn't exist but it would have been great for its time because it was of its time. All right, so what you need to do is say, I'm finishing this song by four o'clock. Fucking finish it at four o'clock and move on to the next one. And the next one's gonna be a bit better than the previous one. And you just keep doing that and keep doing that and keep fucking moving like a shark and stop. Don't second guess yourself. Don't fucking think too fucking hard about it. Pay attention to synchronicities, right? Just fucking keep fucking moving and don't stop, all right? Nothing will throw you out the zone quicker than fucking overthinking a thing, all right? So just fucking, that's what's up, man. Uh, yeah, let me have a look at the chat, what's going on? Uh, Derna says, most journalists are people who never did anything but decided to be experts on everything. Yeah, well, well, I mean, here's the thing, I have, I have known so many journalists and I have worked in that profession. So, therefore, uh, yeah, that's why I don't fucking watch watch TV or read newspapers or pay any attention to any of that world. <laughs> you know that thing, you ever had that thing where like, you read a newspaper and um, it's about something you know a lot about. It's like, say you were, uh, you know, you're a, you're a fish and chip guy and there's an article about the fish and chip industry. And you're like, ooh. And you read it and you're like, yeah, this isn't, I'm in the fish and chip industry and this is nothing like my experience of the fish and chip industry. Then you're like, oh man, maybe everything in the newspaper is like that. And then it's like, oh yeah, the people writing this stuff. Well, anyway, yeah, I mean, oh my Lord. It's painful, man. It's like, it's like worse. It's worse now than it's ever been in that regard. I don't know if it's because like they're getting paid less or something. Like when I when I was young, <laughs> um, 
I was writing, how much was I getting paid? It was quite a lot. Was it like two bucks a word or something? I can't even remember. Um, yeah. Anyway, I kind of got derailed then. Uh, Jason Deglin says, just joined. Hey, welcome. Glad you're here. When will How to Get Rich Volume 2 come out? I love Volume 1. Thanks, man. Uh, How to Get Rich Volume 1 featuring Naval. Featuring. Helmed by. Fronted by. Mighty Naval. Yeah, that's coming sooner than later. So I should, Here's the thing. Um, I don't know. Man, it's hard, man. I, like I want to share with you what's going on and what to expect and want you to get excited about things that are coming up. But at the same time, it's like... It's like a curse. If I announce something, then something happens to fucking derail it or pause it or something, you know? Uh, like, <laughs> you know, I announced that there was an album coming out yesterday and it's finished. It's done. You could hear it if you had uh, access to my computer. But for various reasons, it's not out yet, you know? So I kind of don't want to say anything about anything and just allow things to just come out. Yeah, at the same time, I really want to talk about the stuff that's coming out because it's really exciting and cool. Ah! Ah! Anyway, yeah, man, uh, life is suffering. <laughs> Arunoko Wellington says, I was in the local paper as a kid and name spelt wrong. <laughs> name spelt wrong. Uh, what was that great Norm bit earlier? He was like, oh, you know, I was watching the news, watching the news and, you know, it's really, they were really trying to scare you in the news, you know, ooh, scary, ooh, career. But like, but really, you know, is it really scary? Like, you ever wake up at two in the morning? Oh, career! Oh! <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was great. It's a great bit. A terrible norm impression. Doing other people's jokes is, is always disastrous. But uh, it's a great point because the real point of it is, is yes, the news is always trying to scare you. It's always really trying to scare you. But it's actually not fucking scary. Partly it's because of the repetition and the boy cried wolf nature of it. It's like... Even people who like, just totally believe everything they've seen in the news, subconsciously they know it's bollocks because subconsciously that part of them that's actually kind of more powerful and cognizant than the so-called cognizant, that is fully aware that they have been cried wolf to a thousand times their whole life. Shit, what am I? Am I 38 or something like that? Something like that. 39. And, uh, you know, I've, I'm old enough to have... St- seen like three separate ecological doomsday scenarios that were going to wipe us all out within the next decade you know it was the fucking ozone layer at one point and like these various oh, and everyone all this stuff it's like, it was funny watching all these norm clips watching all these norm clips and you're like holy shit it's no wonder that uh, Norm, you know, Norm should be the biggest guy on earth. Norm should have, Norm should, imagine if Norm had a talk show. All the guys who have talk shows are these identical, like, they've all got the same fucking opinion, the same fucking suit, like, the same fucking lack of jokes. Imagine if Norm had, had his own show. But the reason Norm can't have a show is uh, you can fucking get that by rewatching. Watch, watch the I'm Not Norm channel. It's like, everything he does would be unacceptable now. There's this brilliant clip of Norm on The View from like 15 years ago and they're asking him like who he would support in uh, the election. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, I like George Bush. He's a good guy. I like that guy. Hey, the idea that you could just go on TV and say that you liked a Republican candidate in the modern age is just, that's gone. It's really weird. But uh, he's like, hey, and you know, 
We don't need any more. We don't need any more murderers in the White House. We need to get the murderers out of the White House. And these women on the view are like, what are you talking about? No. And he's like, well, you know, Clinton, he killed a guy. <laughs> ah, 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 you dang. It's like, that just couldn't exist now. It couldn't exist. He's making jokes about like women's baseball, uh, women's basketball, the not be very good. Things like that. He's like, what's this Sarah Silverman joke? Oh, Sarah Silverman. She's funny. She's funnier than anybody. Except dudes. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. But yeah, the thing is, is, um, yeah, Norm's too good, man. And he's too real. But I, I don't know why I was talking about that, but it's basically, as, yeah, mainstream society, mainstream entertainment society has been so neutered over the past couple of years, just the past couple of years. Literally every appearance, appearance by Norm from uh, the 90s through to the 10s would be unbroadcastable today. Literally every one of them. It's fucking crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But, but at the same time, like, you know, here we are with all this, all this, all this. And, uh, you know, people, my YouTube feed, for whatever reason, is constantly full of videos of people moaning about Star Wars and moaning about Marvel. And yes, these, uh, and the fact that these kind of our stories, you know, our big cultural stories have been hijacked by uh, ideologically possessed types who are, uh, they're not interested in stories. They're interested in things like, you know, representation or, or uh, ticking diversity boxes and things like that over story. And this is true. This is very true. But it's like, you don't have to watch this stuff. It doesn't matter. You don't have to watch it. And hey, guess what? Guess what? There's a massive opportunity. If it's true that all kind of heroic, mythopoetic storytelling has been replaced by ideologically possessed uh, box-checking, corporate box-checking, then shit, bubba, there is a massive gap in the market to tell a fucking great story. And hey, guess what? You can go buy a Joseph Campbell book and it's got the fucking guide. You go, oh, okay, that plus that equals this plus this. Like, just fucking write a great heroic story. And you can find an audience for it. Because uh, you got because you got fucking internet, you know, you got the fucking internet. You could hypothetically you could tell an amazing story of that nature using like puppets or something. You can you could do that yourself. You don't need a fucking you know. Look at the early South Park, right? Uh, like look at the the early South Park that animation. That animation you can now do with one guy. There's uh, Adobe's got a thing, right? And you can uh, build a puppet. Essentially, so you just draw, draw a fucking head. You don't even have to draw it. You cut it out of a picture in Photoshop, right? So you go, there's the head, and you put the body there, and it's like a, a wired skeleton frame, right? And then it just, you, you just look at the webcam, and you move your arm, and the character's arm goes up, and the other character's arm goes up, and you move your mouth, right? And the fucking guy's mouth moves. Anyone could do that. Anyone could do that. So it's like you're sat there, and they fucking ruined Link Skywalker, like... One, that's an Elseworlds story, all right? I even watched that. I mean, I, mean, I knew what was coming, man. I saw, uh, what was it called? Force Awakens or whatever, and it was like, that was just like a, like a bad reboot. What they call bad robot, bad reboot. It was just like, they just redid the first couple, right? But like, it was a bit creepy, and it was just, cre just creepy, and these weird wooden new characters with no real depth that were just box-checking. And it's like, all right, so this is going to suck now. So this is fan fiction now. So it doesn't ruin anything for me, because I like those original movies, but these new, that they don't, 
The new ones don't ruin the old ones. I consider the new ones to be fan fiction by morons, so it doesn't matter. Guess what? As I was saying, you go make your own fucking story, all right? Go write a fucking great story, and you could fucking animate it in that Photoshop thing. Or you could draw a comic. You could hire a guy on Fiverr to draw the comic for you if you can't draw or whatever the fuck. Like, you got some homies, make fucking act. Do it. Like, cameras is cheap now. You could make a movie on that, all right? And if it had a rhythm... If you're right, and the most important thing is the story, which is true, right? And all those movies from the fucking 40s and 50s and 60s that were like, you know, amazing movies you can still watch to this day are wonderful. They were made on equipment that's like, that's better quality equipment than that equipment a lot of the time, right? There's no fucking excuse, man. All these people putting all this effort into creating videos moaning about Star Wars if the same, and by the way, I really like a lot of these videos and find them entertaining. So I'm not hating on these guys. Like Red Letter Media uh, created an incredible genre with that stuff. But if the amount of passion and time that was put into these videos, whinging about Star Wars, was put into these people making their own story, we would have a whole load of fucking great heroic stories, man, to enjoy. I don't know why I started ranting about that. But that, I really feel that there's a massive opportunity here. And it's a massive missed opportunity. And if you're, instead of whinging about Brie Larson being annoying and not being able to act and being contemptuous and smug and just, just generally a horrifying creature, instead of moaning things that, <laughs> go do your own shit. Make a fucking right and cool story, man. Like, it's, it's like, do it. Do something. Stop fucking bitching and do something. All right? So there. That's how I feel about all that, and I don't know why I got onto that. And I'm doing a terrible job of answering my questions because I think I've only answered two. And uh, it's five to two. And uh, yeah, I'm supposed to be getting. <laughs> Fuck it. Whatever. Let's, let's just, we're here now. Let's do this thing. Uh, what's going on, chat? Shouts out to the chat. Uh, uh, Short Bus says, look to Warhammer 40k for great fan made content. Okay. Uh, Warhammer 40k. My little brothers were really into that shit. And um, my fucking house, when I was a kid, full of these little metal bastards. They'd be painting them. I'd be tread, I'd tread on them. Fucking cut a hole in my foot. And then everyone's just pissed off at me. Ah, just leave your little fucking guy with a sword on the floor. God damn it. Have you seen the fan film Vader? No. I have not. Uh, short bus. I remember when the left loved Lenny Bruce. Uh, George Carlin would be unbroadcastable. Yeah, completely. George Carlin would be unbroadcastable. It's a good job George Carlin is dead. They wouldn't like any of his jokes. Earth plus plastic. Five things. Swear words you can't say. All that. I mean, just these fucking humorless cunts. Oh, excuse me. Sorry for... Sorry. I, should, I need to make a decision about whether I'm going to swear or not. Am I going to swear or not? Should we have a vote? I'm a very naturally sweary person, but I also do recognize that some people are listening to this in the car with their kids. And, uh, you know, um, here's the thing though. <laughs> if I swear anywhere near my son, he just shouts it, Oi, dad, don't swear around me. Like, All right, sorry. It's very good like that, my boy. Very good. Um, Diverting Tales, have you watched the Tim Pool and Glenn Beck podcast? No, I haven't. No. Haven't. Uh, Shouts out to the beanie, though. Shouts out to the beanie! I do. Uh, I did hear that Glenn Beck just bought Dave Rubin. Glenn Beck just bought Dave Rubin. Just bought him. Just straight up bought him. And, uh, yeah. 
And um, yeah, I don't know what that means. Does that mean that Dave Rubin can't say that he's he's kind of left anymore or whatever? Is he not allowed to say that anymore? I don't know. Anyway, uh, Joran, bro, Joran Bose, Joran Boss, Joran Boss. He says, you say you spend so much time with the meaning of life after listening to all these ideas about meaning. What's your own personal idea of meaning in life? Well, it's pretty simple. The, the uh, meaning of life is meaning. <laughs> Boom! Alan Watts says the meaning of life is that there is no meaning. <laughs> I say that the meaning of life is meaning. But you find your own meaning. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to find your own meaning. And maybe your own meaning is no meaning. Maybe your own, no, your own meaning is, is, is a fully embracing that worldview with, all, with everything in it and, and deciding that that is completely true and living your life accordingly. And, and then you have meaning, I'm afraid. So yeah, the meaning of life is meaning. And you've got to find, your, you've got to find the meaning. You've got, you've got to find your own meaning. And that's, what, and that's what you do. And then you've got to um, execute that to its fullest. Live that life. The meaning of life is to live that life, is to really live. All right? And, and the tragic thing is, is you know, uh, most people live their lives. I don't know about most. I don't know everybody. I'm going to say many. I'm aware that many people live their lives without ever really living. And, you know, it takes a lifetime to learn how to live. It also takes a lifetime to learn how to die. And, uh, you know, we've got that coming. So, yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Um, Theo Johnson, Dave Rubin plus Glenn Beck equals Dave Rubin. He's already on message with Glenn. Yeah, yeah, why not? Um, you know, I, what seems to be happening is people seem to be um, coming together. Because together we are stronger. So it's like, you know, building alliances and building squads and building teams and things of that nature. And, uh, yeah... Shouts out to everybody. Shouts out to everybody. Caden says, what way do you think our, our ancestors influenced our civilization the most? Huh? Asking because someone asked me, what do our ancestors have anything to do with us today? Well, a lot, Susan. Insert SpongeBob meme. What do, you, what, what do our ancestors have anything to do with us today? That's what you're made of. That's what you're made of. You're made of your ancestors. You're not just you. You're not just you sat there, completely independent of everything that ever was. You're everything that ever was. That's what you are. It's not like uh, it's not like you have one stick and then another stick. It's like you have the stick and then the stick on top of the stick, and so you get the pile of sticks. You have all the sticks that ever were. All right, you right now are on top of a pile of fucking sticks and you are not, you are that thing, you know, you are that thing. Uh, if you think about time as time is like soil to grow universes in. I think Grant Morrison said that and I think that's a good way of looking at it, right? So you, you're not just like a blip floating about, you're like... The, the head of a worm. It's a really fucking long worm. Really long worm. And the worm, its body going back, isn't just you and where you've been. It's also then where everybody before you was. All right? You are your ancestors. Uh, to ask how have our ancestors influenced our civilization the most, our, influences, our ancestors created that civilization. 
And everything they did continues to reverberate and continue to create. Everything around you, this miracle up in, in which we dwell, where I can step out onto the road and uh, jump on a little e-scooter and zip around the corner and go get a coffee and come back and nobody tries to kill me and I get to a certain part of the road and the cars stop. They stop and allow me to go past. It's so civilized. You go to the, you go to the coffee shop and people stand in an orderly line waiting their turn. They're not just fucking just going in there, punching everyone in the face, grabbing their own coffee, shit of that nature. They live in a goddamn miracle and that goddamn miracle was built by our ancestors. So it shows some goddamn respect ingrates jesus christ short bus standing on the shoulders of giants exactly standing on the shoulders of giants uh yes exactly now uh let's answer some more goddamn questions egotic how did the concept of meaning wave come about what inspired you to create it well it needed to exist here's the thing Right, the best ideas is when you want something to happen, so you make it happen. Those are the best ideas. So yeah, meaning wave, I needed it to exist. So I made it exist, now it does. And uh, yeah. Ricky Cisco, when are you gonna make a meaning wave with Bob Ross called Happy Little Trees? Uh, yeah. You know that one's coming. You know that one's coming. You know that one's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. You know. Shout out to Bob Ross all day. Bob Ross is one of my heroes. Uh, go watch. Oh, shit. Yeah, speaking. We spoke about Dankula earlier. Ken Dankula did a really good video about Bob Ross. Go watch that. It's great. Uh, Dana Karaborn, what's your best advice for outsourcing and hiring, both in terms of tools, platforms to find the right people and develop one's ability to better screen slash interview someone? Great question. And this is something I'm just working out now because I've just we've just got to the point with the business where we're starting to uh, employ people and starting to try. I'm trying to outsource things so I can be more productive. So I'm trying to find people to do things that I do currently that someone else could do better. You know, there's a lot of things that I do that uh, I'm not the best guy at. I'm only doing them because I, because fucking they need doing. So I worked out how to do them, like everything. You know, thumbnails, shit like that. I'm not the best graphic designer in the world. I'm okay. You know, but something needed doing. So I worked out how to do it. But I'm I'm looking forward to hiring a really good graphic designer, and you will notice when that occurs. I'm sure. So yeah, we're in the process of working that out right now. And um, what's my best advice for outsourcing, both in terms of tools and platforms? I've been using Fiverr actually quite successfully for the, this year. And uh, basically, my pro my process on Fiverr has been, uh, you know, you look at a bunch of things and you get instantly get a vibe. So then you narrow it down to the ones you get a your instant vibe being positive. If you instantly have a non-positive reaction to a thing, then move on. Then you narrow it down. Then you try them out. And uh, then the ones you work best with, you keep working with. And then the ones, you know, and then you're investing in those relationships. And you're building in every project you do. It's, uh, and it's very important to be completely honest. You know, be very, very honest. Because, uh, you know, if, if, they do, and if they do something you like, then you let them know that you like that thing. So they do more of that thing. And if they do something you don't like, then you let them know about that as well. And, you know, tip. Tip them. <laughs> when they do good stuff and uh, it's kind of like anything it's like any relationship it seems to be that honesty is the best 
the best course seems to be the best course but yeah this is like i said this is the area i'm, I'm moving into right now so i'm no goddamn expert but i've been doing it for a bit and yeah uh i've found some great success with fiverr uh i found sakura bipolar on fiverr sakura bipolar has been editing a lot of my videos recently the amvs and stuff and he's great found trill funk on there he's great and you know to find those two good people i went through like 10 ones that didn't work out and that was fine uh yeah you Ooh. So it's how do you deal with getting sick? Do you keep working as much as you can or do you take a step back so you can recover faster? That's a great question. That's a great question. And uh, I'm previously, I'd just keep going. And then I would find that I would recover slower. So lately, if I get sick, I immediately step back and uh, I do, I try and work out ways of doing, doing still doing things, but but uh, recovering. So for example, I got sick recently and I actually canceled the DJ gig, which I've never done before in my life. But it meant that I recovered way quicker because the previous time when I got sick, I didn't cancel the DJ gig. And what would happen would I'd be, I'd be like, feel myself getting better, then I go out and DJ and I would have gone back 10 spaces. And then I'd have to like start to recover, then go DJ again. It was like, all right. So yeah, you just got it, man. Sometimes like God, sometimes God just like puts you on your ass because you need to chill. All right, or maybe you need to like, you know, if it was up to me, I would just be working, you know, just like going in all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. But sometimes God whoops me upside the back of the face and puts me on my ass. And then when I do that, I'm like laid out, I'm sick or like I fucking bust my neck or whatever it is that happened recently. Then I have time to think a bit and then I'll have an amazing idea. I'll work out, I'll suddenly be like, oh yeah, I need to rejig this process or approach it in this way. I'll have like these little epiphanies that I never would have had time for if I just carried on moving. So, you know, you've got to take advantage of that sick stuff, man. It's a blessing is what it is. It's a goddamn blessing. It's a goddamn blessing. Shadow style. What's your definition of music? What's my definition of music? I don't know. Uh, that's a strange question. I mean, we could just look it up in the dictionary. Or is it my, how would I describe, what does that mean? How would I describe music to someone? Who's never heard any? Like, uh, hmm, interesting question. I would say music is, um, Scott Adams said something recently, which I really liked, which he said, uh, God is what's left when you take everything away. And that's how I feel about music. Music is, uh, music is what's left when you take away everything unnecessary from the sonic landscape or incorrect. It's one way of putting it. It's one way of thinking about it. Uh, ooh. Thank you, Warrior, for the super chat. It says, love your, loved your Jordan Peterson music, my friends. Well, thank you, I'm glad. And you're really gonna like the new one. Uh, check my Instagram story for behind the scenes on that sort of thing. And uh, yeah. LZ says Picard Wave. I logged some quotes but cancelled Netflix and Amazon B account months ago. Good for you. Yeah, I've been, um, I've been, I've been, I have an Evernote full of Picard quotes. I love Picard. Although, um, no, I do love Picard. I won't be watching the new show. Because I love Picard. 
And because I love Picard, I will not be watching the new show. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Nirvana 8 Radiohead. Do you experiment with diets? Keto, paleo, slow carb, etc. are getting popular these days. It's interesting that there are many people who will experiment and test these diets. Yeah, I mean, I don't experiment with diets. I've just been eating steak for uh, 19 months. So that's not really experimenting. <laughs> it's just what I do. Yeah, I, I, I only eat steak pretty much. So I actually added canned mackerel to that recently. But yeah, that's all I do. I just drink water and eat steak. And I also do oat milk cappuccinos because I was drinking regular cappuccinos and my skin was still a bit messed up and then I dropped that and like now my skin's great. So yeah, that's all I'm doing. I just eat steak. Wonderful. Uh, what up, Caden Skidmore says, thanks for your awesome answer. This is my first time joining you live. Does Hercules watch Naruto? And would you make some Naruto music videos to your songs? It would be so bad. Yo, I already did. Actually, I already did. I think there's a JVP one with Naruto in it. And uh, there's a Goggins one with Naruto. We love Naruto. I balked my neck recently because me and Hercules were Naruto running into the ocean. And then I got hit by a wave. So there. Yeah, so yeah, I love Naruto. Naruto um, is great. And um, yeah, me and Hercules used to watch Naruto together a little while ago. And I'm sure we will again. I'm sure we will again. Uh... Ooh. Audiodidact polymath. Do aliens and other planets have music also? Does it resemble ours at all? I don't you know. Probably not. Here's the question on that, right? Uh, what are aliens? Huh. Scott Adams said a thing the other day which I thought was quite interesting. He's very much into the simulation theory. And his opinion is that like, there aren't aliens because if you were programming a video game... Uh, like say Grand Theft Auto it doesn't actually have other planets in it you know what I mean it's just got like the areas that it's got it's got the areas that it needs so you wouldn't program other universes and other other aliens and things of that nature because you know why, why bother you're not going to see them in the game so that was an interesting perspective although I'm kind of of the opinion that like if we're going to go down that uh, route of thinking you know I wouldn't be surprised if in a decade or so there's a Grand Theft Auto game that actually has universes in it and you just code it in such a fashion that it algorithmically generates worlds and uh, generates life forms and generates other consciousnesses and things of that nature. So if that's the case, if we're going to make video games that do that, which I'm sure we are, then we'll be able to make simulations that do that as well. So you could make a simulation that had aliens in it, quite simply, I would imagine. Uh, as far as what the music sounds like, who knows? It's a bit like the way that we can't predict what music sounds like in the future. I talk about this quite a lot because it really interests me. Like, we can visualize the future. We can go, oh, they'll be flying cars and everyone's wearing baker foil. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people are like, and we can imagine what people are up to and things of that nature, but we don't know what it's going to sound like. The soundtracks of future movies is always like synths. It's got synths because we recently invented synths. You can't, if, to predict the future of music, you'd have to invent it. And similarly, to describe the music of aliens, you'd have to invent it or hear it. That's why music journalism is such a redundant art form. Uh, uh, what was it Frank Zappa said? It's like, describing music is like dancing about architecture. 
A great deal of contemporary society seems to be concerned with dancing about architecture these days, by the way. I've just realized, just thought, that's like most of Twitter, is people dancing about architecture. You know, it's people just like pontificating about shit of which they know nothing and just inventing stuff with ridiculous language. Yeah, interesting. Uh, John Cook, what comic book storyline had the biggest impact on your life? Also, do you have a favorite creative team? You know, um, when I was really little, there was a story in Spider-Man where the vulture got cancer. And that really, that really stuck with me. I don't know why, but that one really did. Because I guess I'd been reading Spider-Man comics for a while and I really loved Spider-Man. I was probably about 12. And, and then one of the characters was going to die. And it's like, you expect bad guy. Oh, he's a bad guy, you know? Maybe they get killed. They usually go. But like... This guy, he was going to die because he was old and he had cancer. And it was like a quite long story and it was just like, going to die. And you just, like, I had to think about that a lot and I guess, yeah. You're like, damn, man, you make every day count. If the vulture's going to die, man, I'm going to die too. She. So that was a great one. And uh, who drew that? It was a really underrated Spider-Man artist. Like Sal De, La- Sal De La Rosa, was that it? You know, uh, you know the first Spider-Man comics I, I remember reading were uh, the Todd McFarlane ones, I think. Although I definitely read some before because I loved Spider-Man when I was two, but I don't remember anything before when I was seven. I don't know why, but I don't. But when I was seven, my dad got me these comics. I was in hospital. They were chopping a hole in my penis. And uh, my dad got me these American comics. And uh, they're, they're Spider-Man, Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man. Uh, the detailing was so cool. And uh, like the shading and, and the, the energy and the panels and the expressions and the vibrancy of the whole thing. And Spider-Man had this hot wife. And it was just dope, man. It was very aspirational. I was really into that shit. But uh, the best creative comic team of all time is quite obviously uh, Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely. That's obviously the greatest comic book team of all time. And, uh, you know, every time Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely have done anything together, it's been just transcendently incredible and it's made you glad to be a human and it's made you proud to be a human and it's made you, you know, it's made you just thank all of the myriad gods and, uh, and their homies and uh, pets and shit for uh, being alive at a time to experience that, you know? Holy shit. Holy shit. Deltron, which of these is more important, melody or audio design? Uh, melody is more important than audio design. Because you can have bad audio design, but if the melody is good, you're still going to enjoy the record. Whereas you can have amazing audio design, but if the melody is bad, you use an ugly record. It's like a lot of dubstep. <laughs> not hating on dubstep at all. There's some great dubstep. But when, uh, when dubstep's not great, it's when people are just, I'm going to do amazing sound design, and it's just going to go in your ear a lot. And you're like, all right. That stops being interesting after a while. You get desensitized to it, you know? It's like a movie with good special effects, you know what I mean? And it hasn't got a good story. You could watch a movie with bad special effects and if it's got a good story, you still enjoy it. But you could watch, if you've got a movie and it's got great special effects but the story's bad, it's fucking shit. It's unenjoyable. Prometheus! There's a great example. Prometheus was beautiful. Had amazing special effects but the story was so bad that it, it was just, you know, it was just a terrible experience. And it, yeah, what are you going to do? So yeah. Uh, you could maybe sell a spin-off Got milk, got cloud shirt. Yeah, I could. Um, uh, thanks. 
Arcorio says, since you've been carnivorous for a while now, who cooks the better steak, you or JBP? Does he even cook steak? I don't know. I don't know if he'd, where he'd find time to cook steak. I thought he just went into restaurants and got a steak and chopped it up. Because, you know, he's, he's in a different town every day. So, uh, probably me. Actually, the, the honest answer to that is my wife. My wife cooks the best steaks. She cooks better steaks than I do. I don't know why, but she does. Nat Peterson, you spend so much time with the meaning of life. After listening to all these ideas about meaning, what's your own personal idea of the meaning in life? Huge fan, by the way. Thanks for all you do. Swear down I answered that question a minute ago. I did. The meaning is meaning. So Peppers, other than meaning wave, what would you say is your favorite genre of wave? Synth, outrun, vapor, etc. Um, I love all wave music, man. It's my, you know, I'm a big wave, I'm a wavy guy. Whether it's Max B, whether it's vapor wave, whether it's uh, cloud, cloud, you know, whether it's vapor trap, you know, whether it's new wave, whether it's synth wave, whether it's synth pop, I can't, you can, I don't know how people can have favorite genres, you know, because um, like right now I really want to listen to uh, Andrew WK, and uh, I will, and then later on I'm going to really, really want to listen to Blank Banshee maybe, you know, I don't know, like, yeah, but shouts out to all the waves, the waves, the waves existing and the waves non-existing. Extra questions, ego tip. Oh shit, cool, we went through most of the questions. This is good, so we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna gang a few more from the chat. And uh, yeah, boom, that's nice. Short bus, did you listen to the new Tool album? Not yet, but I saw a great picture of James Maynard putting uh, bacon in his wine, because he makes wine, and uh, he'd realized that his wine was vegan, so he put some vegan in, so he put some bacon in it to, to fix that problem. <laughs> so shouts out to James Maynard. And uh, shouts out to Tool. I used to be in a band and we did a cover of Stink Fist. Yeah. Lovely song. Lovely song. Lovely, lovely song. Very wholesome. Uh, thought, thought. Says, just want to thank you for putting Jordan B. Peterson's knowledge into nice audio format. Hey, well, thank you for being here. Uh, the new Peterson record is fucking great. <laughs> fucking great. It's been really difficult. Do you know what? That's why... That's why I've had tears in the back of my eyes all week. That's why. Because do you know what this record is? It's, people have been asking for this. People have been going, oh, it's JPP Wave 1 and 2. And the early ones, they're going to be on Spotify. And it's like, well, not because those mixes, that were, they was mixes. That was just like, I did a lo-fi mix of other people's music and a couple of my own. And then I cut audio over the top because I was replicating my experience of listening to lo-fi mixes and listening to speeches at the same time recreating those synchronistas moments where it kind of synced up and sounded like a song and then i turned i refined that and i turned it into an art form and i started you know making songs like whole songs and and writing them from scratch and, and producing them all myself and shit you know um so i couldn't put jbp wave one on spotify because it's a it's other people's music b it's not song formats and i was like yeah there's like really valuable information in that record. That was like fundamental shit. And I was like, yeah, do you know what I'm going to do? Between albums, I'm going to be like, make an album, new album. And then the next thing I'll do is I'll, I'll take the content of one of those early, the, the early waves and make an album out of it. 
and then I'll make another new album. I'll keep doing that, and that way I'll get all that brilliant knowledge. Because it's like most people now listen to me on Spotify, not YouTube. YouTube now only accounts for like 20% of the people that listen to me. So like, if it's not on Spotify, it doesn't exist. So I've got to get as much stuff on there as possible because cause basically Spotify uh, actually gives my music to the people that want to hear it, whereas YouTube doesn't. Like YouTube, I put out a video and it shows it to like 500 people. But Spotify, I put out a song and uh, like, it'll go to 10,000 people in like a week or something, you know? So anyway, um, so I've been, what I did was I've been taking the, the information from JBP Wave 1 and then making an album. And it's, uh, it's, it's nearly finished. It'll be finished on Monday, I think. It's so good. It's so good. It's so, but what it's doing, making it, A, like there's a kind of deep nostalgia in that record for me because it takes me back to where I was when I was making the original one. And I never re-listened to my stuff, you know? So I haven't listened to JPP Wave 1 since I made it. So I hadn't listened to, and I'd spent so much time when I was making that first one, listening to those little bits and listening to all that material. And I was in such a different place that now when I've gone back to that material, I guess it's taken me back to where I was somehow. And like, that's, I guess, why I felt like crying all week. Because the person I was then is so lesser than where I am now. And his life was so, so different and it was so hard. <laughs> it was so hard, man, then. It was so hard. Like, you know, me and my wife and kid were all just like living in one room in a shared house. And like, we didn't know how we were going to pay the rent. And we'd like, I'll be like looking down the back of the fucking sofa for fucking pennies to like try and like get some fucking noodles and shit like that. You know, it was hard times. And I guess subconsciously, working on this material has taken me back to that place without me even realizing it and that's why i felt like crying all week so i really couldn't work it out i was like why do i feel like crying nothing particularly bad happened there's like there's some difficulties and stuff but like i don't get it and i think that's why i think that's why but it's really crazy how much better i am now than i was then it's like that first thing is unlistenable in places as in it's difficult to listen to but you can't hear what's going on it's cracking baffling. I'm so much better now. I'm so much better now than I was a few months ago. I'm so much better now than I was in January. And it's really, really amazing what happens if you just fucking go all in on something and just go really hard and just keep going and keep pushing, you know, keep pushing through, through the hard bits. Because David Goggins is really right about that. On the other side is greatness. But it's like, that's a macro and a micro thing, you know? So it's like every day there's stuff to push through. Or if every day there's things to push through, little things in your habits, big things, little things. There's a thousand of these battles and each one of them, there's greatness on the other side of it. And each one of them you could avoid and each one of them you could not bother with. And every time you avoid or don't bother with one of those things, you're leaving some greatness on the table. You know, you're leaving a slice of greatness. You could have had that greatness, man. And the more greatness you get, like it, it, it compounds and it's like what's that thing in Guardians of the Galaxy and they had all those ships flying together around the enemy ship and then they all locked together and all that light flashed out and all these little ships became one big ship it's like the greatness is like that all the little moments of greatness all interlock to create a vast greatness and once you get enough of those little ones they kind of switch on and they power everything around them and you have this massive like like electric current of zoom greatness and then that levels everything up to a 
a whole new fucking space and then and then it reboots and you start again but uh yeah anyway anyway um <laughs> man what a weird stream this has been thought thought says changing habits is so difficult to me one thing you can do if changing habits is difficult for you is you replace the habit with a, with another habit so a habit is kind of like it's broken into free, like three bits it's like you got the trigger and uh then you got the execution and then you got the completion i think that's it but it's like something always triggers the habit right so like you wake up uh if your habit is to have a shower as soon as you wake up which mine is you just the trigger to the shower is waking up you know so i wake up boom grab the shower you know um like uh maybe maybe you keep eating chocolate and the trigger is you walk past the cupboard that's got chocolate in it and every time you see that cupboard it makes you think of chocolate all right so maybe you don't put fucking chocolate in the cupboard and put some nuts in there and then the trigger will still be there you'll be like oh i want to eat some chocolate now but there's no chocolate in the, in the cupboard but there's nuts so you eat a nut and you go, all right that's pretty good and what will happen is is over time the habit will switch from being a chocolate habit to being a nut habit and then you just want to have nuts and then you'll just be triggered to eat nuts and you've forgotten all about the chocolate so that's one way you can you can change habits it actually works very well uh, another way is just like fucking sheer will you know i quit smoking by sheer will and also drinking um so you can do that but it's easy to just swap out a habit with another habit Ooh. yeah all right uh all right ego tick says who are your top five shoulder angels i said man i've been really utilizing my shoulder angels this week like a motherfucker i would say number one is jocko Jocko Willink is number one. He's so practical. So practical. Get after it. Good. You know, he's got very fucking simple practical uh, things that are just so useful in everyday life, man, because there's just fucking struggle and shit, you know? And, like, and uh, there's so many opportunities to moan. <laughs> but that's just how you look at the world, man. And you can go, ah, oh, actually, you look for the good in that. And then you focus on the good in the situation. And then life is just way better. So I have Jocko there a lot, man. Jocko would just be like chilling. Jocko's chilling there uh, fucking most of the time at the moment. <laughs> so I've got Jocko. Goggins is a great one, man. Goggins be there for the extra level of extra hardcore shit because he's an extra hardcore guy. And Goggins, you know, the big one for me is on the other side is greatness. I'm really glad I made that record because it just makes me think of those words a lot. And, uh, and that's, really good. that's really good for me to help me get through the really hard shit and not give up and get through it break through it to the other side is like just over that hill is greatness is just over there you've done most of the work you know that's most of your life you know that's what you got to think it's like you already did most of the hard work and that was your whole fucking life all right so just pushing through for another hour or two or another day that's nothing and then there's greatness Pew, just there like a golden shimmering city just waiting for you so yeah, and uh, you know, Peterson's just always there, man. He's always there reminding me that, you know, to pick up that suffering and bear it and to tell the truth. And uh, Watts is there, man. Alan Watts is there reminding me that, you know, it's a play, man. Don't take it too seriously. You know, don't take it too fucking seriously, man. It's play. It's play. What you're doing is play. Don't forget that it's play. Right, when you forget that it's play, you become way less effective and way less good, man. When, when, when play is in what you're doing, it's way better and way more magical, way more powerful. I find, you know. Then I have Flex Mentalo this week. 
I needed some extra shit. I needed like an extra, extra level. So I summoned a fictional character, Flex Mentallo, uh, from a Grant Morrison comic book, a, a muscle-bound, beach-strong man who has the power of muscle mystery. You know, and um, yeah, I summoned that motherfucker. I needed him yesterday, I think. And sometimes a real person, a living person's no good. You need a dead guy, and sometimes even the dead guys ain't got it. You need to get a Superman. Sometimes you just need Superman. Summon the spirit of Superman. What would Superman do right now, you know? Hey, Superman. And Superman tell you, and you're like, okay, cool, thank you, Superman. Then you get about, go on about your business, you know? So, yeah, that works for me. If you ain't tried it, I suggest you try it. Get you some shoulder angels. You can choose any one, man, any one you want. Anyone, you know? Just pick a fucking, pick an army of useful Pick an army of experts, of inspirational motherfuckers, of cool motherfuckers, wise motherfuckers, whatever you want, man. Just get them there, and then they'll be there for you whenever you want them. It's crazy, you know? And the more you use them, the more real they become, <laughs> you know? I literally, I'd be seeing Jocko. Like, I see a little Jocko. I see him. He's got, like, a big head and a small body for some reason. I don't know why my angels look like that, but they do. Like, they're like bubble heads. I got a bubble head, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I've got bubblehead angels. It's good. It's good. It's a great thing. I am going to take one more question for the chat, and I'll. Uh, where were my pre-submitted ones? Um, top five books you would give away to friends and family. Uh, number one, Norm Macdonald's, uh, based on a true story. It's a fucking funny book. Great book. Uh, number two, uh, I'm just off. I'm just fucking off the top of my head here. The Rum Diary, Hunter S. Thompson. I love that book. So just because I love that book. Uh, number three, uh, Black Swan. Great book. Very useful. Oh, no, no, swap, turn that all around. Uh, Scott Adams, How to Fail at Everything and Win Big. That's a good book to give to people because it's a really helpful book. It's a really, really practical, helpful, useful book. And, um, you know, if you want, if you've got people in your life that their lives aren't as good as they could be, that's a really good book. I would say really, really good book, and uh, All Star Superman by Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely is just a wonderful, wonderful story, like wonderful thing, or like really give you. Uh, it's just a kind of, it's like the Bible for the better, for the ultimate version of ourselves. Maybe is one way of looking at it. It's like, a, and it's beautiful. It's a comic. It's visual. It's like, but it's like, it just really, really puts you in the zone, puts you in the zone of of. A really practical, true possibility of the ultimate potential of man existing. You know, when are you come to Detroit to play a show, uh, book them and they will come. You know, I would love to come to Detroit and play a show. So, I would love to. Uh, and uh, Ricky, Ricky got a lot of questions, man. Ricky's out about that question in the life. When are you going to finish the Be Me album? Ah, ah, interesting. Well, I mean. When uh, Internet Historian sends me some more material, and we've been talking about this, so yeah, we were talking about another project as well. Like, that's a good. I'll, that's a good reminder. I will. I will hit him up and see where he's at. Good reminder. Uh, I really. I really love that Be Me EP, and honestly, it's one of my favorite things. It's very slept on. It's like the one that least people have heard that kind of should. I think, but anyway. Uh, Sir Peppers, seeing that the Amazon fires are actually a result of annual routine crop burnings that have been documented for two plus decades, was it just anti-human normie outrage? 
If anything, forest fires tend to be good for forests to burn off any dead wood before it accumulates too much. That's right, Sir Peppers. Burning dead wood is very necessary. And it happens all the time. And uh, it's good. And that whole Amazon thing, I mean, I think I said this on Ask Akira last week or something. It's like, you know, I didn't know too much about that. I wasn't paying attention, but I ain't worrying too much about it either. And it's like, man, if the, if the news is going on about something, it's probably not not pay attention to it. Now, we're at the point, I feel, in human history. I think Nassim Taleb said this. It's like, uh, reading the news makes you dumber. Like, paying attention to the, the news makes you less informed about the world. Actually. That's actually... And I found that to be the case in my life. And when I stopped reading the news, I suddenly... Not suddenly, but quite quickly, actually. My understanding of the world became a lot greater and my ability to predict what was going to happen and my ability to kind of break down what was going on became vastly increased. Now look, there's a million things going on at any one time, but the way the news works is it goes, this is going on and only this, there's only this, but there's a thousand million things all happening at the same time, but the news is, look at here. So if you're reading the news and you're really paying attention to that, you're just looking over there and you're not seeing all of this. Whereas if you're not reading the news, you're not seeing that, but you're actually seeing bits of everything else because everything filters in, you see. So you're actually going to be seeing more stuff. But um, yeah, obviously, obviously there's fucking agendas being pushed. There's a lot of agendas. You know, they want us all fucking living in cubicles, eating bugs, you know? And um, so that obviously plays into that agenda. I mean, I'm, I don't fucking know, man. I'm not, I'm not concerning myself with the plots and schemes of creepy weirdos and morons, and I'm not concerning myself with the mass outrage of the easily outraged and things of that nature. I'm just not putting my energy into those areas because my energy is better spent making powerful music that helps you become the ultimate version of you so that's what i'm doing that's where i'm spending most of my time and if i if i've learned some lessons along the way i try and impart those via these streams via my twitter things of that nature you know i'm just out here trying to be useful and i don't actually think it's particularly useful to obsess over the plots and schemes of creepy weirdos or the uh you know the the big stories they're trying to push or whatever it's just I don't for me I don't find it useful so I don't give a fuck but yes burning deadwood is very necessary obviously alright one more question one more question has anyone ever told you you remind them of Jason Statham no never is that because I've now receded a bit I've got more forehead these days is that why shout out to my forehead shout out to the forehead uh, lightings, do you feel like a talented musician and do you believe in talent? I think you're a great musician. What a lovely thing to say. I don't think of myself as a talented musician, no. When I think of myself, that's not how I think of myself. May now, you know, I don't know how true, whether that's true or not, but that's not how I think of myself. Uh, I do believe in talent. Some people are just naturally good at certain things. You can also develop and you can also learn. If you want to learn something, I believe you can learn it. It's going to be harder for some people than others, but I think pretty much anyone can learn pretty much anything. And uh, yeah, you know, 
well, everything I've got, I can do is from sheer will. I just forced myself to be able to do it. And I should taught myself to be able to do it. When I started producing music, there wasn't YouTube and I didn't know anyone and no one had ever taught me. And I worked it out for myself. So the way I work and the way I, the way I do things, my natural, not my natural, but what the skills that I've developed is as a result of, a, a, of an uneducation or a lack of education and, and of just sheer fucking will and wanting to do something and achieve it. Therefore, I do things differently to other people. I do things wrong. Air quotes there. I do things wrong. I've developed systems that are unorthodox. And, and in my darkest hours, when I'm shitting on myself, I'd be like, oh, you didn't fucking, you know, you can't play piano. You know, the way I, uh, you might, did I put it on a new video? I think it's on the behind the wave of the Gary Vee album. So when that comes out, you'll see that. I'd show the way I'll write a melody, a melody will pop into my head and then I have to like work it out. And it takes me, I can't instantly play it. I have to work it out. But it, so it takes me a little while longer, you know. And sometimes I, I shit on myself because I haven't worked that stuff out yet. But like, there's loads of stuff I do that no one else on earth can do because of the way I, I work, I, I did this, you know, so it's good. It's ended up being for the good. It's all ended up being for the good. It's amazing how that happens in life. If I'd spent, you know, years like learning how to virtuoso play guitar, that meant I wouldn't have been working out how to make whole records with a computer without any, uh, anyone teaching me. So I wouldn't have, it wouldn't sound like it does now. It would be impossible for it to exist in the way it does exist because of all that stuff. So it all worked out great. And uh, yeah, I don't feel like a talented musician. When I think of a talented musician, I think of Chili Gonzalez. Because Chili Gonzalez would just sit there in front of a piano and go and summon forth the angels. I can summon forth the angels in a different way, but I do it in a different way, and it takes a little bit longer maybe, but, but I can do it. But I don't think of myself as a talented musician. I think of myself as a wave lord. And that's what I do. No one else can do that. No one else on earth can do that. So yeah, that's the thing. You know, I would always say, don't compare yourself to anyone else, just yourself, yesterday. And nobody can compete with you on you. So if you be you to the fullest and follow you, and follow what it is that you want to do and follow, follow your intuition and follow your obsession. Follow it all the way down the fucking hole, all the way down the rabbit hole. Don't get distracted by other people's plans and other people's ideas of what you should be doing and all that sort of thing. You know, then you'll find ultimate you. He's down there. You find that motherfucker. You be that motherfucker. You, and and uh, no one can compete with you on that. No one can fuck with you. No one on earth. No one can do Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald is the only fucking Norm MacDonald on earth. He's the only one that ever was. He's the only one that ever will be. No one else is Norm MacDonald. Because Norm MacDonald went all in on being Norm MacDonald. Even though it cost him his career. You know, they sacked him from Saturday Night Live. He was the fucking funniest thing on that show. That show never recovered from him being gone. They sacked him. 
because you because uh, making jokes about O.J. Simpson and just making jokes about stuff they didn't want him to make jokes about. Not because it wasn't funny, because it was funny. It was the funniest fucking thing on TV. They they weren't concerned with it, the funniest thing on TV. They were concerned with not pissing people off, ticking ideological boxes, this, that, and the other, right? And they fucking and he did not back down. He could have been a watered down version of Norm. He could have been a lesser version of Norm and he could still be on Saturday Night Live doing a fucking shit Trump impression or something, like all the other hacks. But no, he didn't do that. He didn't compromise Norm. He didn't compromise Norm because to compromise Norm would have been a crime against fucking humanity. It would have been a crime against the universe because it would have meant the true Norm didn't exist. It's like you got fucking real Norm locked up in a basement. Like you're Kathy fucking Bates, you've got, a, you've got real Norm locked in a basement, tied to a bed, you're smashing him around the leg saying, write this fucking joke that I want to hear. That's what Norm MacDonald would have done if Norm MacDonald had, uh, you know, bowed to what they wanted him to do at Saturday Night Live instead of doing what he knew was doing Norm. Norm did Norm. Norm didn't take Norm hostage, Norm allowed Norm to live, and now we get to live in a world where real Norm exists. And the world is the better for that. So that's what you want to be doing, I think. I think that's what you want to do as much as possible. And uh, if everybody does that, we're fucking cool, man. I think we're cool. I don't think we'll have any problems if everybody does that. Yeah! So there you go. That's been Ask Akira for today. It's nearly fucking three o'clock. This was a long one. Uh, and that's good. Thank you for being here. Uh, we'll be doing a live stream tomorrow that is the DJ set. It will be the DJ set live stream. For some reason, I never have any problem with that. Streaming-wise. Actually, no, that's a lie. I've had lots of problems with that. Fuck. <laughs> Whatever. That'll be tomorrow. I think it's at 8 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, that'll be cool. And then, um, yeah, you know, we're just going to keep it moving. Uh, if you want to see behind-the-scenes stuff, you can check my Instagram. Instagram. Uh, I drop behind-the-scenes stuff there on my story. So you can hear that. And uh, join the Discord. Uh, if you want to support the wave, uh, Patreon, Subscribestar, uh, thanks to everyone who's on those things. Thanks to everyone who sends donations, really appreciate you. Thanks to everyone who buys music on Bandcamp, appreciate you. Thanks to everyone who streams music. Um, then thanks to everyone who shares the stuff with their homies and their mum and their grand. And, uh, you know, thank you to the ancestors. Shout out to all the dead homies, everyone who came before us, everyone who, who helped build this fucking miracle. Love you. Appreciate you. Uh, peace.